All right, Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. I mean, he was crying in it and everything. He was weeping. Y'all, we had a great time at the Black Excellence event last night, celebrating Juneteenth, right? It was great. June, uh, June 15, Luke 15. <laughs> and I'm going to start reading at verse 11. Although it's a very familiar scripture, will you still stand with me and let's read it like it's the first time we're reading it. And he said a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Everybody read. And not. To a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. Verse 14. And when he had spent. Verse 15. And he sent into him his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the wine did, that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Verse 17. And when he had came to himself, hallelujah, he said, How many highest servants of my fathers have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy highest servants. Come on, read verse 20 because this is your story. Read. And he rose and came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his hallelujah thank you verse 21 and the son said unto him father I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and I am no more worthy to be called thy son but what the father says but the father said to his servant bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry but this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to be merry and all of God's people said amen Whew. that will preach by itself y'all can be seated in the presence of the Lord I won't be before you long, very familiar text, and I want you to spend time with your fathers. But I want to just share with you for a moment from the topic, the father's story. The father's story. Uh, you know, uh, Jesus tells parables. Uh, when he spoke, oftentimes the weight of what he said was missed by the intelligente of his culture who would have been the rabbis and the Pharisees and the Sadducees because he told stories 
he spoke parables. Parables are earthly stories with heavenly meanings. Um, Sometimes you can be so analytical and in your head that you miss out on what God is saying in the spirit because he's always talking. I said God is always talking. That's why John said in the book of Revelation, he that have an ear, let him hear what God is already saying. The Bible says man shall not live by what? Bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I don't, I, I want to keep my ears so close to the lips of God that I can hear him at a whisper. That means at times I have to silence the voices around me. Get by myself. Cut my phone off. And there are moments I have to sit in his presence for at least 15 minutes just to empty out the other voices that are in my head. Because I don't want to miss the fathers. I don't want to miss what the father is telling me. He's speaking in, in parables. When God gets ready to get a message to you, he'll use everything around you to communicate to you. He can use your three-year-old child to say something. Have you ever had a child to say something to you? It's like, you know? Uh, there is a uh, popular worship leader there in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. He's from Bahia. The uh, the country to the, the, the countryside to the north, and for a long time he was a secular singer, and he was a uh, unique uh, headliner in the in the in the carnival parades. And if you know anything about uh, Rio de Janeiro or, or the nation of Brazil, carnival is a really big thing. But to kind of help you construct in your mind a picture of it. It's kind of synonymous with our Mardi Gras. So at night, it's not something you bring your children to. His name is Lua. Uh, Lua had long dreads, and even though he was Brazilian, he was more influenced by Jamaican culture. And being an artist, you kind of know what he did and how he operated. We got kids in the room, so you know, huh? to get in his mood and in his flow. He's a great worship leader now, but I said, Lua, how did you get saved? Who, who ministered to you? What church service did you fall into? He said to me, Bishop, I was on a float at the carnival, half-dressed and high and dancing. He says, I float stopped and I stepped off of the float to dance and sing and he says a small child walked up to me a little girl and told me you may as well surrender because God is going to use you for his glory he said it was nighttime, and a child a little girl walked up to me and she disappeared into the crowd and he said he went back on the float and couldn't play the same song he was playing. Huh. He, he felt, he says, I felt off. I lost my high. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, God pursues us. And I want to be honest. I want you to just be honest in here. How many of y'all can testify that God pursued you? Yeah. 
Now, I know what y'all said. I went to a church service one day, but if you ever think about it, God was working on you in some, uh, in some places that we don't like to talk about. God was speaking to you. Some of y'all were at the bar. Hallelujah. Saying, give me another shot. And somebody besides you started having a conversation. Some of you were trying to run from the calling of God. And in your running away, you ran straight to him. And Jesus is telling stories. You better pay attention. Because you may think it's for them. And it could be for you. Two sons. Two sons. And the eldest son said, I, I, I want my inheritance. I want to leave home. I said this to you the other Sunday, and I want to uh, enforce it to you today. That leaving home is overrated. I like the freedom of living on my own, but uh, there are other things that come with it, like bills. But this is us. We often want the thing that we're not ready for. Just because you have the ability and the knowledge to produce it doesn't mean you have the maturity and wisdom to sustain it. The development of a child's anatomy means they have the physical ability to produce a baby once their body begins to form and develop. But it doesn't mean that that same child has the psychological capacity to raise a baby. The reason that it's so hard for us because we're often exposed to the equipment and given the opportunity prior to being sanctioned to use it. Mm. We're exposed to a car before we have the license to drive one. But I want to lift to you, there's more to having a car than just knowing how to shift the gear and put the car in reverse. There's something called gas. There's something that's called an oil change. Tires. And yes, something that's called car insurance. That you got to have it even if you never use it. That is why instead of begging God to give you what you want, you need to ask God to give you what you can handle. Uh oh, Rob Tamale ain't here. Ain't nobody gonna help me preach today, but I'm talking right. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell him, stop begging God for what you want. And ask him for what you can handle. Because a good thing out of the timing of God can turn into a problem. Some of you, it wasn't that you chose the wrong person. It was the right person, but at the wrong time. The oldest son was asking for an inheritance. An inheritance. It was his. It was his. Something that my father has done is sit me down and says, this is my insurance. And if something happens to you, this is what you will get. It, it's already mine. It's legally in the document. It's, it's mine, but it ain't time for it. it. It was his inheritance, but it was the wrong time to receive it. Oh, I feel God in here. I got to speak to somebody in here because we have this anxiousness on us. Some of us feel the pressure of a timeline, but I want you to tell somebody when God has called you to do something, you won't miss it. Stay 
in the flow of God. Because an inheritance was something that he would receive once his father dies. An inheritance is something you receive after someone dies. In other words, this is something that he was going to receive after he suffered loss. Some of us want to gain, but we don't want to lose nothing. Some of us want to receive, but we don't want to give up nothing. There are some things in life that you will only come into after you have suffered loss. Oh my God, help me here. Why is it important that I suffer loss? Because you need to realize nothing matures you like loss. Loss makes you value things differently. When you know what it feels to lose money that you worked hard for, you start learning how to budget money. Death has a way of making you grow up quick. It gives you no other choice. It pushes you into a new season or a place whether you are prepared for it or not. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, lost did this to me. I know you, you give me a lot of credit uh, for having hard work ethic. But see, lost taught me that if I don't work for myself, ain't nobody else going to work for me. Lost taught me that if I don't make it happen, it ain't going to happen. Lost taught me that. See, some of you who had everything handed to you, you don't understand what I'm talking about. But if you ever went to start your car and your car did not start it will make you start checking your oil loss teaches you maintenance I say it teaches you maintenance it teaches it teaches you to value things differently it, it teaches you how to hug people and say I love you before you leave it, it, call, it teaches you not to hold a grudge because some of you are so petty I mean some of you are so immature I mean, I mean some, some of you you get mad at the most simple things and you shut down and you're not talking to nobody and those are the ones when somebody dies they want to get in the casket with the person but that person cannot hear you I'm at a point in my life where I'm not holding nothing against anybody and I'm not doing it for them I'm doing it for me because I got to stay in the flow of my creativity and holding grudges and holding alts, being mad and being jealous, being envious and being bitter, don't make me better. Hallelujah. And so, so loss, loss teaches you. It, it pushes you into a, another place. That's why I want to lift to you that we always say that the Gospels is Matthew, Mark, and Luke and John, that the New Testament is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah, but not all of it. No, no. Matthew chapter 1 is not the New Testament. But where, where, where are the, where am I going to find the two fishes and five loaves of bread? Oh, it's in the New Testament. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, 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 no. No, it's not. Oh, hold on. Where is where Jesus healed a blind man? It's in the New Testament. No, it's not. But show me, show me where the thief was on the cross and Jesus told him, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Oh, that's in the New Testament. No, it's not. It's in the Old Testament. Because we cannot come into New Covenant. 
I tell there's a resurrection. See, we have to suffer a loss before we can come into new covenant. My God, and, and, and some of you, you need to realize you are bitter and you're, 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 you're angry about what you lost. But it's time for you to get a revelation that the loss was necessary. You are never coming to your inheritance until you've experienced a death. That's why in Pentecost, in the old school, we don't, we use King James Version when it comes with the third manifestation of the Godhead. We know we can talk about the pneuma of God in Greek, and we can talk about the ruach of God, which is the breath of God. And I know your NIV says Holy Spirit. But in the traditional old school church, we call it Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. And you know why we call it Holy Ghost? Because ain't a ghost until there's a death. Oh, my God. Hey, glory be to God. I need you to look at your name and tell you that I have the Holy Ghost because Jesus died. Hallelujah. And I know some of you are, 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 are upset because of what you had to give up, but there's something on the other side of this that can't come, that you can't experience. Jesus says, I got to go. They said, don't go. Don't go. Don't do this to us. He said, it's expedient that I close this chapter. It's expedient that I shut this door. It doesn't feel good, but it's expedient because if I don't shut this door, the next door won't be open. If I don't shut this door, the comforter will not come. Because when I used to come to Green Rock Prison, when, uh, when you were working there as a guard, this is what would happen. Hey, Jaden, how you doing? <laughs> this is what would happen. They would bring us into the court. We would get into a, a fence, right? In a room. I said, come on, y'all. And I said, go ahead, open the door. The next door would not open. It's a security thing. It's a... <laughs> Because if too many doors open, we'll start going the wrong direction. If too many doors open, there's some things we'll let in that we should keep out. And, and they said, no, 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 no. The next door will not open until everybody get in place at the door behind them shut. I know some of y'all have missed everything I didn't say. I want to just bring it down to one moment. And I want you to do this if you got the revelation. Praise God for the last season of loss. Whatever you have to lose. Oh, I know it's hard. This is sober. You got to be sober. And says it was necessary. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor there's some things I lost. It didn't feel good to me. But it was necessary. Because the next door will not open. But what does he want? Give me. Give me. I got 10 minutes left. Thank you for your patience. He said, he said, I want it now without that door shutting. I want it now, although I'm not in the season for it. In other words, I know what's best for me. And how many understands right now, and you just don't leave me out here by myself because this is my testimony, that I always make a mess when I choose for myself. No, really. I always make a mess. No, no, not sometimes. 
I always make a mess when I choose for myself. And what did the father do? He gave it to him. And I want to speak to some parents in this room. At some point, you have to release them. You have to release them to the God that gave you to. The God, the God that gave you them. I, I'll never forget, and some of you have heard me tell this testimony. I remember having uh, Pastor Evan here from Ramp Church, Texas, in our church. And I kept trying my best to, you know, teach him everything I could. And he felt called to go to Texas. And he had people waiting on him. And I was like, no, you're not ready. You, you're not ready. And some of the leaders in our church know I'm good for that. Elder Kelly, two days before her initial sermon, I was like, you're not ready. And she's like, oh, my God. I got family members coming. I said, well, you need to pray or something because you're not ready. I said, go on a fast. Fast the next two days. I remember I was praying at the church about Pastor Evan being a pastor in Texas. And I was like, Lord, show me what to do with him because he's not ready. Tell me what to say to him because he's not ready. And the Lord spoke to me and says, you have given him everything you can. Everything I've put in you, you've given him. The next part has to come from me. You have to release him to the process. And some of us are trying to save people from the process that's necessary for their development. You think you're doing your children a favor. You think you're doing your family members a favor being their hero and being their God. But you got to dethrone yourself. See, some of you, you are wearing yourself thin. You're exhausting yourself because I got to be here for my siblings and I got to be here for mom and I got to be here. And, and you, you're, wearing, you're draining yourself trying to be there for everybody. And when we tell you, stop, breathe, take a break, you says, I can't because what am I, what are they going to do if I don't do it? Let me tell you something. If you don't believe me, and watch what they do. They'll find somebody else to drain or they'll finally stand on their own. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, release them to the process. I'm going to say something theologically crazy and for some of you it's going to sound contradictory. But God will give you things outside of his desire outside of his will, outside of his timing. <laughs> he will. No, no. It'll teach you. And the father said, go. And you know what he did? He took it and went. And I want all of y'all to hear what I'm about to say. The purpose of an inheritance is to enhance the father's legacy. Oh. But instead of expanding his father's legacy, he took it and left. How are you expanding your father's legacy? See, this is, why, this is the sin of Onan. Oh man, I don't mean to go through all of this, but y'all, hear me. This is the sin of Onan. Onan's brother dies and does not have a child by his wife. So Onan's job now is to go in to his brother's wife to have a, so she could have a child. 
But the Bible said he, uh, he experienced cortis. I think that's a safe word. Where the sperm curve, the X and Y chromosome, swimming up the fallopian tube, would have taken place. But at the moment of heightened uh, awareness, we don't have children's church. I'm doing the best I can. Daddy, what's Cortez? <laughs> In the moment of heightened awareness, Instead of releasing the seed in the fertile ground in order for fruit to come forth, the Bible says he pulled back and spilled his seed on the ground. And God killed him. And you know why God killed him? Because it's a sin to want to enjoy the experience without desiring the responsibility. That's why we got a whole lot of daddies, but not a whole lot of fathers because some want to enjoy the experience, but they don't want the responsibility. Don't you lay down with her unless you're willing to have a child by her. If you don't see her, my God, if you don't see her as your wife, then what's going to end up happening you're going to produce fruit by her, but you'll never own the ground. You'll start operating as a sharecropper. Where you're making monthly payments, but can never own it yourself. Happy Juneteenth. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I don't want to sharecropping anointing. God told me I will possess land. I will have an inheritance. I will have a holy legacy. I'm believing that my children will grow up in a whole home. Come on. With whole parents. Come on. Why, why is it that he did not want to go? There are different uh, scholarly thoughts, Eric. That many scholarly conversations, Dominique, about why he did this. So maybe he was just trying to enjoy it, but then as some said, it was because of pride. Because he knew whatever that was produced out of his dead brother's wife would carry his brother's name. And we got this, uh, let me just talk to the men, because maybe you all will be honest. We got this egotistical disposition that if our name is not on it okay see I can't commit or work with somebody if it ain't me that the way I support is laxed and laid back if I'm not over it you're watching church how people have heartedly serve when they're not over it and then they get mad when they get over something and everybody don't drop everything to serve them the bible says be not deceived god is not mocked whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap so you better learn to be the support that you want I mean, where's everybody? The same place? Oh my God. They were, when they were working and you won't help it. The job, listen, Will, I don't care if you're in Charlotte 
or if you're in Ghana, if you acknowledge me as your spiritual father, that means any door you go in, my name should go with you. See, we have this, we got this strange uh, loyalty now. Strange relationships. How is it that I never knew that was your covenant sister? See, we have these people that as long as those people are around us, we acknowledge them. But that should be a way that you do. Because some of you need to realize that God will use you to open doors for other people that you're connected to. Every door you put your hand on is not a room for you. Sometimes God is using you to give access to somebody else. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I'm taking your name with me. I, everywhere I go, I'm taking, I love you enough to refer you. Because the Bible says love prefers one another. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I want you to win. And I don't even have to be next. I can celebrate your win. Yes, so he got out there. The father says, go ahead. Since you want it. And he left. He didn't stay there. See, what you do when you get it tells us what's in your heart. And that's why sometimes God will give you a microphone, a platform, bring you into a room just to expose who you are. Oh, you didn't, oh, you didn't got out there and changed. They haven't changed. What was in them is exposed. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor this and praise if it means anything to you. Tell them, I'm glad I learned what I had to learn on the level that I was on. I'm glad I learned what I had to learn on the level that I was on because this is the smallest I ever be. I'm glad I learned it when nobody knew my name. If I had to get someone, if someone had to stab me in the back, I'm glad it happened on that level because now there's another level of wisdom that's on my life and I never have to repeat it again. So he got out there. All right, I'm finishing now. He got out there. While he was out there, uh, he was going good. He was doing good. Then he, then he, you know what he did? He, it was his money, but he wasn't mature enough to handle it yet. You can tell people who got new money. I know some of y'all not ready. You don't even know what you did with your stimulus check. Some, some of y'all, some of y'all say, you know what? Oh, Lord, make a way. Make a way, Lord. I just really want to be debt free and I want to get my credit score up. Stimulus check come. Y'all, where we going? Where we going? Let's do something. Let's do something. Right, come on. Let's eat. I just, let's eat something good. I just want something good. I mean, any, any new animals, I just want, I just want something expensive. New outfits, because you know I can't wear the same white I wore last year because we took too many pictures. Let me tell you something. When you start using wisdom and you know where you are, I don't have nothing to prove to anybody. This is the same suit that I done wore for the last two years, and all I did was put another pin on it. New suit. God bless you. To God be the glory. He wasted it. He wasted it. 
I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, the next thing God puts in your hand is not a harvest. It's a seed. Don't waste it. Invest it. Oh, this is a word of the Lord for somebody here. Invest it. Put your money into something. Because you know what Facebook do? They be listening. That's a spirit of divination on Instagram. You can be thinking about a new pair of shoes and all of a sudden. That old pop-up spirit. So what do you do when you, when you get in a hard time and he's out there instead of going home? He's too embarrassed to go home. And me going home proves that my daddy was right. <laughs> and some of you, pride won't let you admit that you were wrong. I want to ask you a question in here. Has anybody had to apologize to anybody in the last year? It's you're married, all right. Right. I mean, I posture myself. I want to... I try to posture my life in repentance. Mario, have you had to apologize this year? All, all right. I, I'm always nervous about people who, instead of apologizing, they keep defending their fallacy. When you know better, you do better. Be okay. Be, be quick to apologize. Be quick to get it right. Because when you keep staying around, Try, you cannot build your, lie on a, your life on a lie. You're, it'll always be unstable. So what he did, he joined himself to someone else in another country. Times of famine leaves us to forge unholy alliances that ultimately puts us into compromising positions. I'm telling you, you get, you get in moments of famine in your life, you got to be careful where you lay your head. No, I'm serious. Y'all stop easily promoting people as, as your accountability partner. Because someone, someone who is your accountability partner can't still be struggling with the same thing you're struggling with. Because after a while, all you're going to do is be swapping stories. You need to be accountable up. Not this way. You need to be accountable up. You can do life with people this way, but you need to be accountable up. You need to be accountable to somebody that when you need to confess, it ain't, you don't feel that comfortable doing it, but you know it's necessary to do it. You need to be accountable to somebody that's going to love you through your mess and still acknowledge to you that you know this is a mess, right? You don't need somebody to make you feel so good about yourself that you never feel like you need to evolve into a better form of yourself. Well, you know, we all, because let me tell you what I did last week. No, no, no. You don't need to know your accountability, who you're accountable to. You don't need to know all of their struggles. You need to know what they conquered. Because all it does is set you in a compromising state. This man is in a famine and the son is in a famine. And so he joins himself with someone else that's in a famine. All us in a famine, instead of you going with some, to somebody who has your solution, you join yourself with someone who has your same problem. Be careful who you join yourself while you're trying to find yourself.
He got ready to do what he did. Y'all, y'all know what he did, right? He, got, he, he started hanging around pigs. And he got hungry. He's feeding pigs, and he got hungry. Now, Jewish people don't hang around pigs. They, they don't eat bacon. They don't eat sausage. But he's feeding pigs, and I grew up in the country, and I know what feeding pigs look like. Come on, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Don't y'all do this to me. Okay, you didn't do pigs. I'm sorry. Okay, Sonia. He's like, I'm from Rocky Mountain, but I didn't do pigs. Oh, slop bucket? Okay. You know, you don't go, we didn't go to Lowe's or somewhere to uh, the grocery store to find food for the pigs. You know what the pigs ate? The scraps. What was left over. And when it was too chunky, my grandmother would take the dishwater and pour it. It's supposed to help with the chitlins. The only challenge is that he got a job, but he's hungry now. And y'all know that when you work a job, you don't get paid before you start working. You got to work two weeks in a hole. But I'm hungry now. A door has opened, but I'm hungry now. And the Bible says that he was so hungry that he began to see the potential in the slop. It's not... Mm, she ain't cute, but I see potential in the snot. He didn't already told me I'm not his promise, but I guess I'll be his practice. I see potential in this. Well, I'm up all night watching pornography, but at least I'm not out hoeing around. I see potential in the slop. At least maybe to give me my sanity for a few minutes. I see, at least I ain't doing crack, but I'm still smoking weed. You start seeing potential in the slop, it becomes an access and a doorway to be something you've never been, doing something you've never done, going places you thought you would never be in. There are some things in my life that I want God to put in the sea of forgetfulness and we don't need no scuba divers to pick it back up. Because I've been in some sloppy places. That's why this sermon might not mean nothing to some of y'all in here, but I know what it is to sell out my inheritance. And waste the gift that God gave me. Waste the oil God put on my life. Doing stuff. Because pride won't let me expose myself. I would rather you believe my lie than to know my truth. But right at the moment... Hallelujah. I'm so glad that God didn't let me go too far. Right at the moment that I almost did something that could have cost me my destiny and cost me my future, could have messed up my marriage, could have messed up my family, could have destroyed my ministry, could have hindered my life. At the moment, the Bible said, he came to him. Shama. Glory be to God. 
Hallelujah. I know some of y'all trying to get to your million, but you need to come to yourself. Hallelujah. He came to himself and he says, how many, how many servants does my father have? that eat better than this how many servants do my father have that live better than this and the bible says when he came to himself he says i'll go back home i need you to encourage somebody tell him it's time to go back home it's time to go back to the place where you found joy in salvation it's time for you to go back to a place where you had peace that's a passive all understanding it's time to go back to the place where your purpose made sense he says i got to go back home hallelujah and i could imagine his friend says what you doing i got you this job what are you doing we're living the life but i want you to scream at your neighbor and tell him i'm going back to better my God I know some of y'all think this kind of freedom and sin is desirable but sin is just like eating candy it's good for a moment but at some point I need some substance I know all of y'all like it's dessert but the salt makes the dessert sweet look at your neighbor and say I'm free but I'm free to live holy I'm free and I'm free to live sanctified. Uh, it's better uh, over here. Uh, Isaiah chapter 35 uh, at verse number 8 uh, says there's a highway there uh, and it's called holiness uh, and the unrighteous uh, shall not walk therein. Uh, it's holiness uh, and it's a highway. Uh, that means my holiness um, is progressive. Uh, that means I don't have to stay um, where I am. Uh, I may not be uh, where I should be. Um, but tell your neighbor, uh, stay on the highway. You, you'll never get there. Uh, if you stop right here, uh, tell your neighbor, get on the highway. Uh, and it's called holiness. Uh, and where does it lead? Uh, the highway of holiness is not going to Vegas and it's not on the way to Miami but the highway to holiness is going back to the house and I heard I heard the songwriter say come over here where the table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on tell somebody say somebody stay out here if you want to but it's better in the house I know what some of y'all said I ain't doing that church thing but it's better in the house in the house you gotta cut your lights off at a certain time at the house you gotta go to bed when daddy say at the house you can't sleep late you gotta get up early but it's better I would rather go back to my restriction than leave out here without being covered tell somebody say somebody say somebody it's time to go back to the house
Because, you know, you can be in the house and still need to go back. And I saw, he said, I'm going to go back. He says, and I know, I know what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, just let me, just let me go. Let me be one of your servants. I'm no longer a son. Because you know why he thought he was no longer a son? Because he thought his sonship was totally connected to the value of his inheritance. So he thought, once I lost my inheritance, I'm no longer a son. But he didn't realize that inheritance was just because you are a son. He said, uh, I'm going back. Okay, let me get this right. Daddy, hold on, I know you're mad. Uh, and I know I don't deserve to even come in the house. But if you let me be out here with them, I'll work the field, whatever you tell me to do. And you ain't have got to pay me right away if I can just get something to eat. Okay, no, that might not go right. Hey, daddy, hey. Hey, hey, mister. Hey, hey, mister. Um, I know what I asked you for actually communicated to you that um, I wish you were dead. But uh, I want to come home. But I know I can't come in the house. Yeah. Mm. If you look in your Bible, that's an outline over most of y'all's Bible. And it says the parable of the prodigal son. Did y'all read all them scriptures? Y'all know y'all read them out loud, right? Where did you see the word prodigal? No, really. From verse 11, 12, 13, 14, did you ever see prodigal? When he was at home, he wasn't called prodigal. When he was out in the far country, he wasn't called prodigal. And even when he came home, the father says, son. So where's prodigal come from? Because prodigal means reckless and riotous and loser. Where did it come from? Oh, your, your Bible commentators, you know, they're smarter than you. And they help God out and they, 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 put, a, they put a label on, on you. So, so the scholar's story is that I'm a prodigal. The, the oldest story of me is I'm a worthless person only deserving to be a servant and a slave. But the father's story, the author and the finisher of your faith, says my son he called me son and when your story when you got a story and that you tell about yourself and there's a story they tell about you and there's a story that the father's telling go with the father's story Walter the father never left 
He never left home. He never sought out his son. And I had an issue with that. But if the father is writing the story, he knows there's a moment. I done already, I've already written your return in the story. So he was waiting. It's a long journey back. It's a long journey back. But you know what he said? While he was a far ways off, the father saw him coming. Everyone stand. He was a far off and the father saw him coming. Y'all stand. And what did he do? The father ran to the sun he'll meet you but I got I got all the stuff I need to work on no no he'll meet you just start making your way back he'll he'll meet you he'll meet you right where you are lift up your hands for the father's love so the story is really not about the son story is really about the father the compassion God God didn't bring you into this world just to punish you you're not abandoned he's waiting on you thank you father thank you for coming after me and pursuing me Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.